Central Virginia, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in live for you today for the Lee Brothers. Uh, Lee Brothers will be back next week. It's, uh, as always, such an honor to be asked to sit in for the Brothers Lee, and I'm very, very happy uh, to do so. And, uh, hey, hopefully many of you will already be familiar with your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, uh, Brother Craig. But ju- just in case there's uh, some new folks out here that are not familiar with uh, who this guy is, the hatchet man, uh, just a really, really, really quick uh, uh, little briefing here. I am uh, founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc. I am host and co-executive producer of The Really Real Deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man, uh, heard right here uh, on this uh, flagship station here. WNTW. I'm heard every Saturday morning, 10 to noon. Uh, we also uh, we replay some of our best of the Hatchet Man Sunday mornings, 9 to noon. Uh, three hours on Sunday mornings. We we play some of our best of uh, programming. So uh, we're heard here uh, on uh, 8.20 a.m., of course, and 92.7 FM. We also heard uh, out in Lynchburg. We're heard out in Roanoke. We're heard out in Bedford. And uh, hopefully coming soon to a radio station, uh, you know, if you're traveling and you want to get the hatchet man uh, out where you live, uh, you go to our website, thereallyrealdeal.com. As a matter of fact, just go to the website anyway, folks, The Really realdeal.com and uh, hey and sign up for our newsletter you'll be glad you did and uh, also we want to uh, send uh, condolences and prayers uh, many many people affected by uh, the hurricane that blew uh, up from the Gulf of Mexico through uh, Florida uh, Alabama Georgia North Carolina Virginia Um you know, unfortunately, uh, there have been, I think, uh, at the last time I checked, uh, there have been 11 uh, lives uh, taken uh, as a result of this storm, uh, one uh, right in central Virginia uh, last night, right around midnight, a Hanover County uh, EMS uh, worker was in an accident with a tractor trailer out on 295 and, uh, and of course, prayers and condolences uh, go out to all those uh, impacted, uh, particularly those where lives were lost. And uh, so, but there are, uh, what, about a million people without electricity and folks are working feverishly. And so send your prayers not only for the uh, rescue workers, but for the Virginia power workers. Uh, that's pretty, can be uh, pretty dangerous also. And hopefully they'll have everyone uh, back up and running, uh, you know, as soon as possible. Of course, it's going to take uh, months, uh, perhaps years for a complete recovery to occur. But uh, folks are really, really working diligently uh, on it. And so, but a lot uh, other than that, uh, quite naturally, a lot to discuss uh, going on, uh, uh, particularly uh, the um, the political scene. 
Okay, uh, a lot of what I discuss on my program is uh, Christian faith and politics blended. Yeah, that's right. The two things they say do not discuss in polite company. Okay, <laughs> religion and politics. I love to discuss them both. And uh, hey, I would love to discuss them both with you. Okay, and the number here, we're gonna give the number out. I don't normally do this on my program. I like to do a really, really good long intro and then uh, give the phone number out. But I'm going to give the phone number out kind of early here. 804-454-1366 is that number. 804-454-1366. I'd like to know what you guys out there have on your minds, okay? Now, we do, uh, later in the program, we do have a couple of uh, interviews that uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, we have met Margolis at 5 o'clock, the worst president in American history. Uh, Barack Obama is the name of his book. I'll be interviewing him uh, on that. Uh, James Herson uh, will be uh, at 4.30, and uh, James Herson has uh, written about uh, Taylor Swift and uh, her entree into politics. And at 3.30, my very, very good friend, Don Blake. Uh, Don is uh, chairman and uh co-founder of the Virginia Christian Alliance. I'm very, very pleased to be a member of the Virginia Christian Alliance. I am the school choice advocate uh, over there, but uh, Don is sponsoring an, uh, an event related to the uh, Gosnell movie uh, that's opening today, as a matter of fact. And uh, Kermit Gosnell uh, is the Philadelphia abortionist who is the largest mass murderer in American history. And of course, he's in prison now, but um, the movie uh, is uh, out and again, opening today. And uh, we're going to get an update from Don and we're just, we're going to, I'm going to save my comments on uh, Gosnell, on, on abortion and on the movie until I have my good friend Don uh, joining uh, with us uh, at 3.30. Now, but what I would like to do though, since I brought up the Virginia Christian Alliance, is giving a, a quick plug for school choice, okay? And now our position, and this is uh, not widely known, and so we have to really do a better job of, of, um, of, of putting this out. Our idea is to change the school choice equation at the constitutional level because my belief is that it's never, ever going to get done properly by nibbling around the edges with uh, legislation. Because in Virginia, because of the history of um, uh, Prince, uh, Prince Edward County shutting the schools down in, in a, as a massive resistance to fight the Brown versus Board of Education, what they did back then was they took the— um, they, they took uh, school board decisions and put them with every locality. So in order to fundamentally transform, if I may borrow a phrase from the worst president in American history, <laughs> Barack Hussein Obama, you know, the guy, he, he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America. He never told you from what to what, okay, uh, from a relatively free society to a um, a, a communist society where there's there would no longer be American exceptionalism. As a, as a matter of fact, America would no longer exist as America. It would just be swallowed up by the one world uh, government. But, 
you know, if I may borrow that phrase, and, and but I'm going to use the phrase in a better way, okay? Uh, we, we want to fundamentally transform education, okay? We want to transform education from what it is now, which is something organized to the benefit of the people organizing it, not to the benefit of children and the children's parents. That's not, you know, this, this, is, this is the myth they tell you. But the reality is that the financial benefits go to the people running the system and the social benefits go to the social engineers that want to destroy freedom. And they're destroying freedom generation by generation by turning your children into little godless communists. Okay, and so the way to attack this problem is to do it at the constitutional level with a constitutional amendment. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to flesh that out. We're going to unpack that a little bit more on the other side of the break and perhaps get your input on the school choice issue. And the number is 804-454-1366. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers. Well, if you ask me where I come from, here's what I tell everyone. I was born by God's dear grace in an extraordinary place. Welcome back to the program, Central Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Hey, welcome to the program. Sit back and enjoy the ride. We got uh, three hours of uh, fun, and uh, hopefully we'll have a little interaction with you all out there. The number here, if you would like to participate, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And before the break, we were I was talking about uh, our school choice initiative uh, that we are sponsoring over at the Virginia Christian Alliance which uh, our goal is to have you, the citizen, you, the parent, you, the taxpayer, you, the voter, you would get to say this, okay? Because the way the system is now, uh, you know, there are many who opt out through either homeschooling or private school, but there are many who do not opt out, okay? There are some that do not know how to opt out. There are some that uh, do not believe that they are financially able to opt out. Uh, there, there are many that are happy with the educational outcomes they're receiving. They, they live in uh, affluent areas where, uh, you know, they feel like the schools are nice and uh, they're happy with what they're getting. Okay, I wonder how many of them really know what they're getting other than you have a a, a sparkly brand new school with a bunch of modern uh, stuff in it. Okay, but, you know, when's the last time one of these parents that's in one of these uh, high dollar school districts, when's the last time they sat in uh, and, and, and actually found out or. Are you even able to sit in now? When my children were in school, I, I actually did go and sit in and I was able to do so. Now, my understanding now is that, and perhaps this is a district by district thing, uh, but my understanding now is that you are no longer able to go as a parent and just sit in. And you and, and wow, just, you know, look at the things that are being pushed in school and particularly, you know, and we're going to get into some of this when I interview my five o'clock guest 
guest who's written a book uh, about Barack Obama, the worst president in American history. I mean, look at the things this guy pushed. Uh, and a lot of this was pushed through education. I mean, it's to the point where boys and girls don't have enough sense to know which bathroom to go to. You know, girls don't have enough sense to put a dress on. Boys don't have enough sense to not put a dress on. I mean, it's just getting to be ridiculous. Okay. And so this is just one of the many, many things. And you look at, you know, the all of the uh, hatred of everything Christian and conservative. You look at the uh, this falsehood of global warming, which now that we've had another hurricane went 10 or 12 years without a hurricane. Now we've had two. And here come the global warming crowd out again uh, to tell you that there's something that government can do about the weather. OK, there's nothing government can do about the weather. All right. And but there are many, many young people. They've been spoon fed this. OK, so. What I have observed over the years is there's an awful lot of complaining about education, but very, very few people have a plan to do anything about it. So what I did was I came up with a plan to actually do something about education. And the only thing I can think to do is to enlist all of us into the solution. And so how do you enlist all of us into the solution? Well, you force the parent to choose the school. No more let the school board do it, okay? You force the parent. It works for college. No one tells you your child must go to uh, Virginia Commonwealth University or your child must go to, uh, you know, pick the school or, the, or community college or private college or a public college. They don't tell you that. Your child must go to Harvard or William & Mary. No, you and your child you make that decision. So now if you can do it for college, why can you not do it for kindergarten, for first grade, for middle school, for high school? Why can you not do it? You can do it, okay? But it would take power, money, and most importantly, it would take control and authority from leftists away from your children, and see, we want to restore you. We want, and particularly you men, I want to see men restored to the position of prophet, priest, provider, protector, pursuer in your family, okay? And I want the idea that it is your responsibility as parents to educate your children. And the teachers, the preachers, the Sunday school teachers, the, 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 the community activists, what all these people do is they assist you, but it's not primarily their responsibility. It's primarily your responsibility with their assistance, okay? And so the way to get you involved is to force you to choose which one of these people you want assisting you, okay? Not that they're going to do it. They're going to assist you. And so... You can't have uh, the school board determining education by zip code. You just can't have that. And so our plan is that every parent in the state of Virginia would simply get a voucher and you would vote with your voucher dollar where you want your child to go. OK, and there are many, many other issues. And hopefully we'll get some phone calls and some input, some questions. If you have questions, I have answers. OK, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. 
Welcome back to the program, Central Virginia, your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And uh, we have a caller already who would like to discuss uh, our school choice initiative that we are launching uh, over at the Virginia Christian Alliance. And uh, this is David calling in from Hampton. David, uh, you're on live. Well, I, I just want to tell you, I'm on my way to Hampton. Um, but I had to just stop and listen to you. It was exciting. And as you were, I was thinking of the dilemma of the voucher and the religious liberties and the li- religious teaching and the taxes and all that. I was uh, pondering the Article 1, Section 15 and 16. 15 basically says that there's a, a, a essentially a compelling interest of government to make sure all the kids are educated. But then 16 is the compelling interest to make sure that religion is protected. And then uh, the comments of Jefferson on that subject and the religious freedom statute that tells where you're not supposed to use taxpayer dollars to uh, uh, force an opinion on somebody that they're objecting to, especially if it touches on religion. Well, the the solution to that, you know, I need to butt in a little bit because we have two minutes to break, okay? Okay. But, well, the solution to that is to give the parent the choice, okay? And what's happening now is that religion is being forced on students, and it's the religion of atheism. It's the religion of... um, uh, you know, all all this new age uh, silliness. It's the religion of communism and socialism. It's the religion of, uh, you know, your gender. God didn't create you a boy or a girl. You can be what you want because there is no God. You are your own God. That is de facto being forced on children. Now, if if we give the parent the choice so you have no more uh, schools that are run by the government, you just have schools. There's no more differentiation between a private school, a religious school, or, or a public school. There's just a school. And so oh, I, the I church can you. run a school. The, uh, the, the, uh, the synagogue can run a school. The atheists can run a school. Who may, and that people vote with their voucher dollar. I agree with you. And I was going to say that I think because of what you just described, the religion that's being taught in school, it's now come to the place where it, I think your, your proposal is protected by what's already in the Constitution. Yes, yes. We to, just, we just need to let folks know so that they can vote yes when it makes it to the ballot initiative. <laughs> thank, th- thank you so much for the call, uh, David. Okay. All right. Bye now. Well, all right, folks. We're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, We're going to say hi to Chief Joe from Williamsburg, and then we're going to have an interview with my very good friend, Don Blake. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Welcome back to the program. And, uh, hey, we got a a caller here, uh, Chief Joe from Williamsburg. But before we get Chief Joe, I want to just play this 30-second ad that I was 
uh, blessed and honored and privileged to cut this. Uh, it's actually a TV ad uh, that I cut for Dave Bratt, uh, actually a middle resolution pack uh, produced the ad. But anyway, he, here, here it is now. Dave wants you as an individual, your family, your community, your business to grow and prosper. He's gone to Washington and now he's been there a couple of terms and he's still the same guy. People genuinely love Dave Bratt. Dave said he was going to do certain things in Washington and Dave Bratt has done everything that he said he would do. You need to vote for Dave Bratt because Dave Bratt votes for you. Hey, now that's strong. You need to vote for Dave because Dave votes for you. And hey, I'm going to beat that drum. Dave Bratt kept his word, okay? And uh, hey, so we're going to welcome now uh, Chief Joe from Williamsburg. Chief Joe, what's on your mind, brother? Hey, first off, it's a blessing to speak with you this afternoon. Um, it is truly amazing uh, what's going on here. I, 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 this is the first we're hearing, much. Uh, my family will hear about it when I get home this afternoon, about this initiative to put this on the ballot. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is something that I wholeheartedly support. First and foremost, I want to tell you listeners that every time somebody brings up this argument of the so-called separation of church and state or the, fail, the, the lack of desire to establish a religion, you can point out to them that there is a significant precedence for providing pri or government money to private individuals to go to parochial institutions. They're called Pell Grants and mm -hmm. subsidized Stafford loans. We've got money pouring in by the millions of dollars to Georgetown's SMU, uh, Notre Dame. Pick your parochial college. That's right. People That's right. So this is no different. This is just children being it, given that absolute. Then there's something else. Sir, I cannot, uh, I'm sorry, but I've, I've studied it before, but I cannot remember the two cases. There is an established religion in this country. It is called secular humanism, and it yes. is established by court. Okay? <laughs> and that's what they teach our children in school. Two separate Supreme Court decisions have ruled, and this is where... Uh, me as a Christian man, I will turn to you and say that this is demonic and this is satanic. The first Supreme Court ruling was that it said secular humanism is a religion and it is entitled to the same, the gravy boat, if you will, the 503C tax status exemption and all the good things that come with being a religion. Mm -hmm. A subsequent Supreme Court decision, when Christian organizations sued for the teaching of the theory of Darwinism and all the rest of these things, without a subsequent balance on creationism, mm -hmm. the courts came back and ruled and said, for purposes of education, the uh, secular humanism is based on science, therefore it's not a religion. It enjoys that dual status and protection by a court that has right. been corrupted. They want to have so, it both ways. They, they do. And, and you and know what, been, you know what, Chief Joe, we really, we Christians really are the people of science. I mean, male and female created he, them. That's science, okay? And uh, a child, you give a child a puppy, what's the first thing the child wants to know, Joe? Is it a boy or a girl? Ex exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, ingrained, it's ingrained in our nature. As children, we know that this is truth and that this is science, okay? And so all this other stuff... Uh, it's it's just like you said, it's demonic, okay? And they're seeking to destroy our children uh, and and separate our children from God. And so we, hey, and this is the way to do it: it's to give the parent the uh, right at a ballot initiative. Do you know what the record of conservative uh, issues is at uh, on ballot initiatives, Joe? 
I do not, sir. It's, it's a man, even in California, whenever they have a ballot initiative, the ballot initiative typically wins. And I used, I used to be shocked. I was like, wow, California voted that way? But what happens is a judge, an unelected judge, someone who has been appointed, a judge says this is unconstitutional. Okay, and so right here in Virginia, the property rights amendment went 75 percent. The uh, marriage amendment went 50. It was either 58 or 56 percent. Now, that means that you have right there, you have a conservative majority in the state of Virginia. And yet all the top elected officials are Democrats because Republicans do not know properly how to harvest the votes that are available to them, okay? So, you know, 56 or 58% on the property rights, 75%. That means, that means, Joe, that every Republican voted yes and 50% of the Democrats voted yes. And, and the genius of Donald Trump is he's able to tap into that 50% of Democrats. Well, ultimately, I believe, and in my heart, I believe that we are still a, a godly people. We have just, uh, and speaking from personal experience, the fallen man that I am, it's easy to lose your way in this world. And, yes, uh, yes. and it's, like, like I said, the, the, I mean, this is scripture. The path is wide to destruction and the, the narrow to salvation. And um, it's very difficult. We are uh, rebellious people. We are, uh, and until we adhere to Second Chronicles 7.14, uh, our nation is going to continue to stumble Amen. and fail. Turn, turn our face to God. Thank you so much for the call, Chief Joe. Take care, sir. You too. All right. And all right, folks, and now we're going to have my very good friend, uh, Don Blake. And Don, are you with us? Don, are you there? Okay, we're having a little difficulty here. Okay. All right. We we'll we'll try to we'll try to call Don um again, okay? And um so anyway, we um let's 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 play that um Dave Brat ad again. And uh here we go. Here we go. Dave wants you as an individual, your family, your community, your business to grow and prosper. He's gone to Washington, and now he's been there a couple of terms, and he's still the same guy. People genuinely love Dave Brat. Dave said he was going to do certain things in Washington, and Dave Brat has done everything that he said he would do. You need to vote for Dave Brat because Dave Brat votes for you. And we are back. And now, do we have our friend Don Blake on the line? Craig, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you loud and clear now, Don. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The devil was trying to get down into details a moment ago. <laughs> I think he was. I was listening to you, um, the guy from Williamsburg. He, he had some good ideas. So, oh, yes. I mean, he's, right, he's right on. I mean, he's right on, and you're right on. And, um, and you're right on. Now, let me reintroduce you to the audience, Don. For those that do not know, my good friend Don Blake is chairman and uh, co-founder of the Virginia Christian Alliance. And uh, I'm very pleased to be affiliated with the Virginia Christian Alliance. I'm the school choice advocate there. And uh, this this proposal is something for a school choice that uh, we as an alliance uh, will be taking to the legislators. Uh, and this has to be passed by two different um, uh, Virginia legislatures 
on either side of an election. So there's an election coming up next year. So it has to pass twice in order to get it on the ballot. And so am I correct in that, Don? Yeah, you're correct. And, and uh, you know, we, we should have done this years ago. We just couldn't get the, the weak Republicans to do it when we well, had Don, how many governor. How yeah. many years have I been beating up on Republicans <laughs> trying to get them to grow a pair of onions? Okay. I know. We, well, we've been both beating them for a long time. Yeah. And, um, but see, we yeah. got Trump now. And so they started out, a lot of them were kind of wary of Trump because he's non-traditional and he's out of the box and he he uh, displays what they perceive as a lack of discipline. I don't think it's a lack of discipline, but it's perceived as that. But he's being so successful. And now if we have this red wave that I've been predicting when everyone else was saying, oh, we're going to lose seats and they were hemming and hawing. You know, I was like, oh, no. You know, you look at the size of uh, Trump's. Uh, rallies all over the the country. There's no way that the Democrats are going to pick seats up. We are going to pick seats up. Now people are starting to see that, and so perhaps <laughs> next next uh, session, Don, perhaps we'll have enough Republicans that will have the onions to allow the voters of Virginia to have their say so with this school choice issue. Well, I hope so. But here's a here's a problem. I know we have another topic to talk about, but. The, we're one vote away from losing the House of Represent the House of Delegates in, in yes. Virginia, and basically we're two votes away uh, from having a tied Senate, which the so which everyone's cautious. Afraid. Yeah, and then him, but here's here's the problem: we've had four years of uh, McAuliffe to appoint half of the appointees, maybe thirty five hundred people, every college board member of the you know, state colleges. Everybody for the health department, all these mm-hmm. boards all across. And then you've got uh, going on two years now with uh, Northam. And so at the end of an eight-year period, that won't be a conservative Christian constitutional person left in Virginia on any board anywhere. And it will take decades to get rid of those people. Um, so well, I, I, and I don't we know start I And that. we start by winning elections. Okay. So, but listen, listen, Don, I need you to hold tight. We have a take a quick uh, ad break and we'll be right back. And if you're just joining us, uh, this is your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee. And, uh, and of course, you know, when, when you have the Lee brothers, you have two guys. Now, you think of when you have the hatchet man, there's only one guy. But uh, Maximus the hatchet hound is here. And <laughs> yeah, so he's performing a little trick so he can get a treat. My dog, the capitalist. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also joining us is my good friend, uh, Don Blake. And uh, Don, we do have another issue that uh, we wanted to discuss here, and that is is the uh, Gosnell movie. Um, You know, the Virginia Christian Alliance is very, very, very uh, big in the pro-life movement. And uh, your thoughts on the Gosnell movie? Well, let me tell you, going back to the original trial, 
you know, it got very little press. In fact, when you see the movie, you'll understand why. It's it's really interesting to see about the press. But there was enough, you know, every now and then there was an article I kept up with it. After the trial was over, I actually downloaded 300 pages of testimony and, and um, witness material, uh, photographs and so forth, put them in a binder and went through. I flipped through each one of those 300 pages. I didn't read all of them, but enough to see mm-hmm. you know, what different people were saying. It was just amazing. It was appalling. I mean, they had photographs yeah. in, in the download, and um, it's amazing what happened. Then then it all just kind of went silent, you know? And then well, you know why, have- Don. The, de- the Democrats control uh, most media, and they don't want the truth of abortion. And for those of you who mm-hmm. may not know who Kermit Gosnell is, he's the abortion doctor in Philadelphia who is literally the greatest mass murderer. I mean, he was having babies born alive, and then once they were born, then he would kill them. Yeah, he was convicted of uh, three murders, uh, that he was charged with more murders, so it was really interesting. Yeah, it was many more thing. than three, uh, just, but, yeah. you know, that's just what they could get convictions on. You know, it's kind of yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like Al Capone. He had many people killed, but he went to jail for tax evasion, and so that's the only thing they could get him on, so. Yeah. But, I'll tell you, uh, about the, I'll tell you we got involved uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Terry Beatley and Craig, Hudgens, who are board members of the Virginia Christian Alliance, and I went out to the Catholic Medical Association convention, and we had a table set up there. They were not used to people who talked about issues like we did, and they invited yeah, us to And that was in there. Dallas, Texas, wasn't it, That Don? was in Dallas, Texas, just a couple of weeks ago, where Craig had been in touch with the producer, Ann uh, McElhenney, and um, he asked her to come out there and bring the movie. So she came, and he asked a couple of the people to come who were uh, associated with it. So she hung around us all day on a Saturday afternoon and she was doing interviews and so forth. And then we went Saturday night to a Dallas theater to an opening, uh, a, a sort of a grand opening in Dallas. And, um, I mean, we didn't really know what we we're going to see there. And, um, it ended up that we watched this movie and the three of us say, we've got to show this movie in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. We're in a whole theater. And um, so we we let, we went and we saw the movie. Then we went down and talked to three of the stars were in who were in the movie. They were there in the theater, and we got to hang out with them. And so it was really interesting. But we talked. We sat there and watched this movie and said, "We've got to rent a whole theater mm-hmm. because this movie is the best Christian-oriented movie, true story movie that uh, maybe has ever been out." Because it's true, the movie comes, 90-some percent of the script is from testimony in the grand jury and in the trial itself. And you see the grand jury. You see the trial. Mm-hmm. The, the At the end of the movie, there's a story about the movie a little bit. And of course, we had the whole theater, so the, um, the producer and other people could talk about how the movie was made. But Ann McElhenney actually sat in the trial itself and said, I'm going to write a book about this, and I'm going to do a movie. She's done movies before. So she wrote a book about it, and then so they made a movie from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we have a, yeah, we have an uh, interview scheduled with her in a couple of weeks uh, here on our Saturday program on The Really Real Deal. Well, what we did, Craig, we um, I'll tell you a little bit about the movie mm-hmm. itself. It is not an abortion movie. They were instructed by... A judge, and by the way, the judge who gave those instructions was in that movie theater with us that night. 
Oh. And the young, yeah, the young woman who played uh, had a major role in it as as the uh, anesthetist. She was there. Um, the husband of the prosecutor was there in the theater. They were with us that night. They all we could talk to all of them. And it was just a uh, you know three or four hundred people there, so you could talk to them. And it it was just done so well. The acting is superb. The guy that played Gosnell actually looks like him. They show Gosnell's picture at the end of the movie. And um, the makers, they, they also give a disclosure that, that the private conversations were not, they were fiction because you couldn't mm-hmm. talk between the husband and wife to get those things down. But they did interview everybody. And so I would say 90 or 95% of everything in there is, is true. And also they had video from the police who went into the abortion clinic and into his house. Mm-hmm. And so they, they I, I think they might have used a little bit of the police footage, but they recreated um, mm-hmm. a lot of the police footage. It was a, the yeah. part of it was great. The acting was great. The script was great. It was as professional as any Hollywood well, That's movie great. That's seen. great. Now, listen, Don, we're up against another break. Can you hold on for a few minutes? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll finish up. Oh, okay. okay. Well, all right, folks. Uh, you're listening to your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee, and I'm with my good friend Don Blake of the Virginia Christian Alliance. We will be right back. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, with my friend Don Blake. And Don, we have about a minute and a half left to the, to the top of the news. And uh, so the, uh, the, the movie uh, Gosnell, which is now showing uh, five different regal theaters. Uh, but go ahead and complete your thoughts on well, that. Well, it is. We, when we got back, I got back to Richmond, I ch- checked in with Regal. You couldn't go to the local theater. You had to go through National Regal. It took days, several days, to get it worked out. Uh, they were going to show it just one theater, and even that theater didn't even know they were going to be showing it. That's how I understand that. But they were going to show it uh, starting today through next week for one week only at the Commonwealth 20 Theater over in Midlothian. So I said, okay, we'll rent a room. We'll rent a whole theater. And uh, we got all the paperwork signed, I think, on Wednesday. Uh, then yesterday, the... Um, and we put it up on a event bright yesterday, and then yesterday in the newspaper came out and said uh, it's going to be at five movie theaters. Yeah, because the movie is that popular things. now. The movie, everybody wants to see that movie, so we are just this afternoon pulling our event bright event out because we we know that people go to church on Wednesday night, a lot of different things, and we only had one time at 7 p.m. Hmm. on that one day, but now it's going to be in five theaters, yeah. and anybody can go anytime they want to throughout the whole week. Yeah. If it sells well, they're going to carry it over again for another week, so we are well, thank you. cancel that today. So. Thank, thank you so much. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And, uh, hey, welcome back to the program. Our second of three hours today. Uh, Always an honor to sit in for Scott and Richard Lee. And, uh, hey, we would love to talk to you all out there. The number here, if you would like to call, is 804-454-1366-804-454-1366. One three six six, and for those folks viewing on Facebook, the number is right there on Facebook. Hey, you guys, uh, you guys can feel free to call in also. Okay, 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, wherever uh, you all may be. And uh, hey, let me uh, talk to you all a little bit about um, the First Amendment, Inc., okay? And uh, that's uh, the organization that I have founded uh, because what I have found is that freedom is a use it or lose it proposition. And, uh, and I think it was Reagan that said, and I'm not sure if, 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 if this was an original quote or if he was quoting someone, but that, uh, you know, freedom is not passed down in the bloodstream. It has to be fought for by every generation. And so, you know, I, I sort of uh, have attempted to embody that statement in the founding of the First Amendment, Inc., and our catchphrase that freedom is a use it or lose it a proposition. You know, the thing, you, you know, guy who's a, a big muscle-bound uh, bodybuilder when he's young, and, and then you see the guy, you know, 15 years later, and, uh, hey, use it or lose it, right? Okay, uh, you know, not to mention our brains. Uh, use it or lose it, okay? And so freedom, it's its no different, okay? Uh, we were talking earlier in the program about our uh, school choice initiative. Uh, this is a freedom, uh, and we who are normal, everyday citizens, uh, we have really, really not taken care of these freedoms. And whereas those who do not want you to be free, they're very, very active, you know, and one thing that drove this home that really sharpened it for me was uh, several months ago, uh, I participated in a uh, law enforcement training uh, program. Uh, and it's uh, it's one that uh, it's, it's done by the law enforcement. Um, oh, let me think. What's the name of this organization? <laughs> the uh, law enforcement defense. They de what they do is they defend uh, police officers accused of um abusing their police authority, uh, you know, primarily people accused with killing uh, people that are deemed to be innocent or deemed to be unarmed. And what I learned is that the, uh, and I, I, you know, it's the type of thing that you know it, but when you're in a training situation, it, it, it gets sharpened. OK. And so the first thing that the guy did now, a lot of this was done with video and the guns that we had had lasers attached to them. But this one prior to the video hooking up, this was a one on one with a live person. And so, you know, what he would do is he would tell me now I'm going to smack you on your on your right cheek. I want you to block it. And all my, I mean, and look, I have a martial arts background training is many, many years ago, but I know how to block. You know, I know how to use a block, but I'm telling you, just about every time, just about every time, the person on the attack was able to attack faster than I could react, okay? Now, if someone who has training cannot react faster than someone can attack, what about the average Joe that's not even thinking about it, okay? And so... The way things work in the physical world is the same way they work in a similar fashion in the spiritual world. And this is a spiritual battle that we're in. OK, and so you have spiritually people that literally do not want you to be free because freedom is a gift from God. And so the founding documents of this nation say that in our Declaration of Independence. It does not say that the purpose of government is to give you free stuff. 
It says the purpose of government is to defend the freedom that you were given by God. Okay. You're our creator. Okay. And there are many, many times over the years that I've heard Barack Obama, and we're going to talk about Obama uh, at, uh, at the bottom of this hour. Uh, when we have uh, our guest who's written a book uh, titled The Worst President in American History, Barack Obama. Okay, but Barack Obama conveniently, now some people say, oh, well, he forgot. But he would do this repeatedly over and over and over again. So it's not that he's forgotten. It's just that Barack Obama is basically, uh, my, my feeling is that the man is an atheist, Okay, there are some that say, oh, he's a Christian because he joined the church of Reverend Jeremiah wrong. There's some people say, oh, he's a Muslim because his father uh, was a Muslim and his, um, well, his purported alleged father, okay, um, Barack, uh, Barack Obama Sr., uh, the one from Kenya, his, that was his alleged father. And the, uh, his stepfather was a Muslim, and so, you know, he was immersed in that uh, culture as a, as a child, and so people say, oh, well, he's a Muslim. Well, my belief is that they're both wrong because uh, my feeling is that uh, the man uh, worships the God called Barack Obama, okay? So whenever he would uh, cite this uh, passage from our Declaration of Independence, he would always leave the creator out. We cannot do that because that is the essence of what makes us free, okay? Without a creator creating you free, you are reduced to the law of the jungle. And so if there is no God, the Democrats are correct, Okay, the communists are correct. If there is no God, the socialists are correct. If there is no God, the atheists are correct. If there is no God, the strongest person that has the most power, the most smarts, the most organizational skill, the most ability to trick you into compliance or, or threaten you into submission. If there is no God, that person is correct. But there is a God. We are a creation. We are not an accident that just the Big Bang happened and then you had uh, matter created out of nothing. And then through billions of years, you had amoeba and, and then you had a tadpole and he crawled out of the slime and became a monkey and then became a man. OK, so we are a creation. And just like you could not have a uh, uh, hundred or or a thousand or or five thousand helicopter parts sitting on a floor, and a tornado come through and assemble them into a working helicopter. That would never ever happen. Never. That would never happen. You would have to have because a helicopter is something that's designed. So there must be a designer. Ditto for us. And so this is the essence of our freedom. If we are indeed, which I assert, created by God, then what is the status vis-a-vis -vis freedom or serfdom? Did God create us to serve our fellow man against our will? Or did God create us to serve God and our service to our fellow man would be within our will because we want to do it in order to please God. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference between the approach to governance, 
of the Christian conservatives versus the Democrats. And we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee. Uh, Thank you all so much for staying with us. And, uh, hey, we would love to hear from you guys uh, out there listening, driving home. If you call in while driving, please, please uh, be very, very cautious, okay? And uh, if you're viewing us on Facebook, hey, the number's right there. It's 804-454-1366-804-454-1366. Yeah, to uh, get back on the subject I was on prior to the break, that our, our rights come from God and that we have uh, the, the issue of this uh, election and the differences uh, that we have. You know, people, are, uh, some people, uh, they pine for the days when, you know, it seemed that the two political parties were getting along. And the reality, folks, is folks were not getting along. You just didn't know about it, okay? That's the reality because oil and water never mixes, Okay, uh, light and darkness can never walk together. Okay, this is that's biblical. I mean, the word of God says that, not the word of Brother Craig. How can light and darkness walk together? They can't. Okay, you have, you know, one group of Americans that believes that government should be limited because you are unlimited. You are only limited by God because God created you and gave you your freedom. You have another group of Americans that they say, well, no, there is no God. I mean, you can go to religion all you want. That's like a social club. And uh, but God certainly didn't create you. And your freedom is what I say it is because I'm in charge. I have more money than you. I'm more powerful than you. I'm more organized than you. I have Hollywood. I have, you know, all these elected officials. I have all these billionaires. And you are going to do what I say you are going to do. Okay. And so this this is what these people do, folks. You read, um, again, going biblical here, you read the book of Revelations, and this is something that people have misinterpreted forever and a day. And uh, now in my lifetime, it seems the misinterpretation, it it seems to me it comes from Hollywood, okay? Because you all uh, perhaps remember the movie Damien, okay? was a little boy, he was supposedly the Antichrist. And so this little boy, he's sleeping in the crib and you know, someone parts his hair. I guess they've seen him do something wicked. And so, oh, maybe he's the Antichrist. And they part his hair and there's three sixes uh, on his forehead and there's three sixes on his on his hand. OK. And so, you know, my thing, folks, is that when you have the mark of the beast on your hand and your forehead, that's your thoughts and your actions. And it says you will not be allowed to participate in the economy unless you receive the mark of the beast. And so we th- we running around thinking that we're going to have to get a tattoo. And if we don't read, don't receive the tattoo, it's like you don't have a credit card. 
and that that they go they go they need to scan your tattoo in order for you to participate in the economy. Think about it. Think about the um, the number of people that get economic pressure. People that are in media like myself that get advertising pulled. People that get fired from jobs. Okay. People on our side, and I say our because I mean the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. If you believe in these things, you're on what I call our side, okay? You never ever see the people on the other side get slapped down and lose their job. They get caught red-handed and it's like nothing ever happened, okay? You look at Brett Kavanaugh, just accused of something that there was zero proof for, and the guy's life gets ruined. Ted Kennedy killed a woman and got elected senator over and over and over again and was called the lion of the Senate. Not the liar of the Senate, the lion of the Senate. That which roars and devours others. Okay? King of the jungle, that type of lion. This man killed a woman. All right? And so, you know, and I could go on with a very, very long list. You know, there's sin everywhere. But one of the things that is very, very obvious to me is that if you want to do the right thing and if you want to ascribe to a political party where at least that is possible and permissible, okay, which in the two-party system, that's Republicans, okay? Not that they're always doing it right or they're always perfect, but at least there's a fight in the Republican Party. There's a cohort in the Republican Party that wants to do the right thing, whether that's the budget, whether that's, you know, the right to life, uh, whether that's building the wall, you know, whatever it may be, whether that's supporting our school choice initiative and putting you, the parent, in charge of your children, okay? And then, you know, the, these people are always under assault, Christians, you know, and they say, oh, it's anti-religion. No, it's anti-Christianity because they don't do this to Muslims. They don't do this to Wiccans. You know, and I see that the Wiccans are out at it again. They want to put a hex on Kavanaugh. Well, how did it work out when they put that hex on Donald Trump? Okay, Donald Trump's most successful president of my lifetime. And so, you know, if that's what their hex will go will do, yeah, go ahead, uh, witches of America, put a hex on Kavanaugh. Okay, <laughs> and, uh, but <laughs> folks, you just, you just you can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you, you just can't make it up. Anyway, look, we're up against another break. And uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you about um, some other broadcast um, opportunities uh, that you're going to have to catch the Hatchet Man with our TV show coming back. And I'll tell you about the 100 Man Challenge, where we invite you to come and be a part of the solution at the Academy at Virginia Randolph. Yes, it's back and it's starting up this Thursday. We're going to take that break now. We'll be right back. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee, uh, the Lee brothers. Uh, my program, you can catch me here uh, tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, the really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man, every Saturday, 10 to noon, every Sunday, 9 to noon. And uh, starting Tuesday, coming up uh, this Tuesday, you'll be able to catch the really real deal uh, on Comcast channel 95 and on uh, what's this other channel here ah Verizon channel 36 Tuesday nights 7:30 to 8:30 okay and that's uh Comcast channel 95 Verizon channel 36 and I'll update this this will go out on our website TheReallyRealDeal.com. It'll also go out on my Facebook. Okay, just hit me up. Send me a friend request, Craig Johnson, on Facebook. Okay, and uh, also I want to remind you guys that the 100 Man Challenge is cranking back up 8 a.m. Okay, uh, so hey, the uh, Virginia Randolph School. Actually, the the name has changed to the Academy at Virginia Randolph. Okay, so if you'd like to uh, participate, uh, we'll be out there uh, helping these young men uh, get get off to a good start in life. Okay, Uh, we've not yet had 100 men. I think the final one that we had last year uh, there was six last year. I went to all six of them. And the final one, we had 65 men there. I was like, wow, okay, not yet 100. So 100-man challenge, okay? Uh, So uh, that's uh, Thursday, October 18th, 8 a.m., the Academy at Virginia Randolph, the 100-man challenge. Let's come out and help mentor these young men. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have another fantastic guest uh, to discuss Taylor Swift and Kanye West, of all things. We will be right back. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Thank you for staying with us. And, uh, oh, hey, if you're just getting off work and just climbing into your vehicle to fight the traffic, welcome to the program. And, uh, hey, joining us right now is James Herson. And uh, Mr. Herson is a specialist in media psychology, okay? He's a New York Times bestselling author, an international business attorney, a news analyst, cultural commentator, social media scholar, uh, really sought out for his opinion on many, many, many things. He's also a SAG-AFTRA member, a member of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, and... um, uh, we just say welcome, and uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. Herson. Oh, it's great to be with you, Brother Craig. How are you? I am better than I deserve, sir, but I'll take that every single day. And uh, and I see here you also taught law at Trinity Law School. I did. Yeah, law, and you taught law and journalism. I did. I taught journalism at Biola University. Um, you know, it's a... And, 
it's very strange. I mean, uh, to to see what's happened to the profession of journalism. Oh it, it, yes, it kind of doesn't exist. In, or it exists in very few places now. Yeah, well, it exists right here. Okay, I'm a journalist. You're a journalist, and uh, you know it seems that yeah. everything that the neoliberal left infects, they destroy. You know, the university, the church, um, Hollywood. There was a time when I was a kid, there were the movies were patriotic. You know, the good guy always won, and he got the girl. He didn't get the boy. You know. No, it's a great, great insight. Uh, the left is great at destruction. I mean, and we, what they do is infiltrate an institution. They did it to the public education. They did it to the Boy Scouts. Yes. I mean, they they did it. They're trying to do it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ESPN. I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, and the award shows in the entertainment business um, are being destroyed by leftist politics. Mm-hmm. The, the Shouldn't ratings, that be past tense? <laughs> well, uh, you know... You, you it, got it, the future tense or present tense. Uh, they have well, been destroyed. I'm I'm immersed in that industry, and I'll tell you, the uh, people of the various organizations that run these award shows and the broadcast networks, they're panic-stricken. They're trying to figure out how to save themselves but we just had, you know, the American Music Awards. Yeah. After after last year's terrible, tragic ratings, the lowest in history, mm-hmm. they went even lower. And I think the producers of that show really cracked down on it a bit because it wasn't as political as a lot of the awards. As a matter of fact, Taylor Swift, her call for going out and voting was probably the most political mm-hmm. moment in the show. But the problem also is the content yeah. of the of the music business. You know, it's all so dark. It's, it's filthy, and too. Dismal yeah. And filthy and evil. Instead of, you know, the music, and I was in the music business, uh, I I toured with The Temptations for many years. Really? I, I played with, I also played with Natalie Cole. I played with a lot of people. I grew up in oh, Chicago. Oh, I love her and, father, Nat King Cole. I was probably the only guy in my neighborhood as a kid that would listen to Nat King Cole. <laughs> well, and you probably know, if you was, if you love Nat, you know what a great piano player he was. Yes, he started he as was, a pianist. Yeah, I mean, he was an awesome jazz pianist. And so, I mean, I... To me, music is a source of joy. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the greatest singers that we know, uh, guy, I worked with Dennis Edwards, uh, people like Whitney Houston, they started in the church. Yeah. They yeah. sang mm-hmm. joyous songs to the Lord. You know, that's the way they started. And the music, Motown was joyous. Now, yes. the problem is, it's, it's it leans, and, and it's okay. Artists have to go dark sometimes. But when it's all dark, yeah, yeah, then it starts to look like you know some sort of a cult meeting rather than an award show. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. I mean, my sweet, wonderful wife was uh, a part of doing the very first SAG Awards. Uh, my wife is from Los Angeles. Oh, okay, yeah, fantastic. yeah. She she's worked in Hollywood. Yeah, well, so she, she, oh, God. so we, you know, we cringe at uh, some of the yeah. stuff that that comes out now, and a lot of it we literally cannot watch it. Okay, like these, I cannot tell no. you the last time I saw an award show. I just, 
it's been probably well over a decade. I have to cringe and look through through you know my hands and uh, and probably shut off half of it. And the SAG Awards was really that was a great show in the past, and it was another one that was just an entire. It might as well you've been you might as well have been watching a panel on MSNBC. Yeah, that's what the show is like. Mm. But uh, yeah, well, who can great. be who can uh, outdo the other in in nastiness? And uh, you know, and I I cracked this joke when they were uh, grilling Kavanaugh. Uh, they are uh, two of the top Democrats that want to run for president next: Cory Booker and uh, Kamala Harris. And you know, and I cracked this joke: mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the nastiest Democrat of all? And <laughs> I mean, although I used a much stronger uh, adjective than Democrat, I'm just I'm on I'm guest hosting for someone, so I have to clean up my own act. <laughs> no, no, that's right. You got the FCC too, you know. But look. The thing about those two, when you think about them, you ask who is nastier. Just wait. Keep your popcorn ready when they run against each other. Oh, isn't that going to be delicious? The long (laughs) knives are going to come out, you know? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like the UFC. Yeah. I'm seeing Kamala and Corey. uh, And I don't know. I don't know which one of those will come out alive. I don't know. Now, you know, the Democrats, they just may have enough sense to do what I've been trying to encourage Republicans to do for many, many years, which is when you're in a primary, show the show the voting public how you can slice and dice the opposition, not each other. And so let it be which person is the best at articulating our message in a strong way. And and now we have the example of Trump, although Trump made mincemeat of his 17 opponents. But he also (laughs) showed he could slice and dice Hillary. Yes, he did. And and he's, you know, he's done things very unconventionally in ways that no other candidate wouldn't. And. That was the That's why he's president. Uh, yeah, America <laughs> outside the an, box. They wanted an outsider yes. and outside the box. And I dare say there would not be any kind of career politician who would have stood in the gap, who would have hung in there with mm-hmm. Brett Kavanaugh, with Judge Kavanaugh during that onslaught. Oh. The, the typical establishment Republican would have folded like a cheap suit. Yes. And this president was so strong that it became contagious and it turned Lindsey Graham into the lion that he is now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that Joker had a set of onions? I would have thought if he has onions, they got to be baby pearls, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lindsey well, Graham was toting onions. My goodness, I mean, wow. I mean, and see, and that's the power of Trump, okay? Trump is bucking up. People know that Trump has their back, and so as a result— People have Trump's back, you know? So, no, right, t- right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Kanye West could not do what he's doing and be viciously attacked and be the victim of racist pejoratives, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. If he didn't know, he knows that he, it's solid with with Trump. Oh, yeah. Absolute. The loyalty is solid. Yeah. And look at and, the money guys made. I mean, Trump. And look, and he, he spills the, 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 uh, the beans here. He tells people, I don't know if he did this intentionally or if it just rolled out, but uh, he says Trump told him after the Nike uh, uh, incident 
to uh, start uh, going with Adidas. And at the time, Adidas was losing uh, billions of dollars, and now Adidas is making billions of dollars. And so if Kanye was paid in stock rather than cash, who isn't he sitting pretty right now? Oh, and he was. He did get some stock, and that's why he was is saying that he's close to being a billionaire. Uh, and he thanks thanks Trump for that insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, yeah, Kanye West. Uh, whether you, you like, I mean, you have people that like hip hop and rap, and I don't. Uh, re- yeah, respect <laughs> him, but he's won twenty one Grammy awards. I think. Wow. I, there's hardly anyone in that category. Uh, he's produced, he's written, you know, and he performs. And, and, and the media loved him. I mean, they loved everything he did. They yeah. even loved him after he grabbed the mic from T- Taylor Swift. Yeah. After he said, George W. Bush doesn't like black people with Hurricane Katrina. But now mm. they hate Kanye. Yeah. They. I mean, there he is being subjected to the treatment. Well, I guess he's being subjected to a treatment that threatens existentially the Democrat Party because yeah. the Rasmussen polls show now that in the African American community, the Trumps got thirty six percent support. If that were to stick mm-hmm. in an election, that would condemn the Democratic Party to permanent minority status. It uh, uh, which, and let's pray that it does stick. I well, tell you, uh, and I and I yeah, know what yeah, he's yeah. going through at, because you know blacks who are conservatives, you know we are just we are regularly treated like trash uh, by blacks that are that want to stay on the plantation, the Democrat plantation. Now, listen, can you, oh. you do you mind staying over for a few more minutes? Because I I just find sure. this fascinating. I'll be happy to. Oh, thank you. Well, folks, if you're just joining us and you're wondering who these strange voices are, you're so accustomed to Scott and Richard Lee, the Lee brothers, but you have Brother Craig the Hatchet Man and my guest, uh, James Herson. We will be right back. Making radio great again. It's the Lee brothers. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican grand old Republican who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The Really Real Deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man. Grand Virginia, your friendly neighborhood Hatchet Man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee, my fantastic guest, James Herson. And, uh, hey, it's been really, really fascinating having you on. And uh, I just love your insight. And now what do you think of uh, uh, President Trump? Now, here's a guy that's been in media his whole life, okay? Um, 
really knows how to use these people. And now uh, people that are typical Republican voters uh, may bristle at, you know, I mean, Kanye West. I mean, people thought that we had seen enough of this when Barack Obama left the White House with, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce and, you know, and and the filth that they sing. And now Trump has a guy (laughs) that sings the same filth. But, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's like that old thing about the pit bull. Well, he's our pit bull. No, it is. There's no question. I mean, on the Republican side, let's face it. You know, when it comes to celebrities, we're hungry for celebrities. I mean, who, <laughs> you know, all the celebrities, 99.9% of all the glamorous celebrities are all to the left. They're to the left. So, yeah. we, so we're all excited, you know, if some, you know, like we're excited about, senior citizens about John Voight and Clint Eastwood, people like that. And it is, it's great, but it's, it's wonderful to get someone that appeals to young people. A different and demographic. Yes. It, yeah, it is. And it, it, you know, it's a, it's much more, you know, it's interesting to contrast Kanye West and Taylor Swift. You're both mm-hmm. there. I think they're connected cosmically though, because you know, we've had, we've had headlines with Kanye Kanye and Taylor going back years to one yeah, time. He pushed Kanye the girl off the stage at an award yeah. show. I mean, how dare he? And I, I mean, I'm like, but now he's a hero. Okay. So, yeah. yeah so, but, but the difference is the press, you see headlines about Taylor Swift. She's courageous. Mm-hmm. She's a hero. She is standing up for women, you know, and what did, what did she do? She actually uh, put down a woman, exactly. Marsha Blackburn, who's running, and endorsed a guy who says he supports Trump, that he supported the Kavanaugh confirmation. Of course, he's, he's not telling the truth, mm-hmm. but still, that's his image. Yeah. So it's not, it was something Taylor really thought through carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's being praised as a hero. And well, then you that's... look at the headlines about Kanye. He's insane. He's crazy. He's a token Negro. He's this. It's like so. How do we duplicate what they have done? See, this is my big thing. That you know, for for most of my adult life, I've seen this this country tilt leftward, okay, and tilt and and descend, not just tilt leftward as though left and right are somehow equal, but I think they're not equal. I think it's a descent, okay. It's a devolution culturally, morally. You know, everything good is going downhill. Uh, in this nation, uh, you know, boys and girls no longer know what bathroom to go into. And so the, the, we complain about, oh, they have the schools, they have Hollywood, they have music. Well, nowadays you're starting to have Christian movies that are made. Okay, we still haven't been able to, seems to me we haven't really cracked the TV nut, but quite a few Christian movies are made. Gosnell is, is out right now, big movie. Um, so how do we retake some of this holy ground that the Democrats have taken from us? Let's, let's think positively. Well, okay, well, here's a positive statement. When we look at the pop culture, and, and as you point out, they took it over. I mean, they control 90% of it. And it's at, so there's been miracles happening. The miracles are that people like you, brother Craig, people that think, people like Kanye West that think there's 
they're out there, and guess what? They're the majority. They proved it in 2016. That that was a miracle. Mm-hmm. So despite all the propaganda, despite the left controlling 95% of the media, 95% of the pop culture, controlling academia, controlling our school systems, yeah. somehow... They have everything except talk radio. <laughs> but somehow the truth survives. And and part of that has to do with a worldview. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe we're created with a purpose. We're hardwired to resonate to the truth. And deep inside, we know that that the leftist agenda stands for something that's wrong for civilization, wrong for society, wrong for the nation. It's sometimes hard to get that truth out. Mm-hmm. But like you look at uh, to me, Candace Owens is a walking miracle. She's with, with the way that she has been able to rise up in social media and be able to communicate, and she's been an amazing influence on Kanye West. Mm, as good, a matter of fact. good, yeah. So, uh, and now know, we we got thirty thirty seconds. I hate okay. to rush you. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm trying to, and you pointed out the positive. There are people who get outside, for example, of Hollywood make Christian films. They get outside of the media. They launch YouTube channels. They they find ways to communicate the truth. And the truth is more powerful. It, once it takes hold, far more powerful than all the propaganda in the world. Yeah. All the totalitarian regimes that rely on lies mm-hmm. and propaganda eventually fall. They do. Now, and they have. And I appreciate it. Now tell folks real quick how they can reach you. Well, I'm on both Twitter and Facebook under my name. They can search me out. James Herson, H-I-R-S-E-N. I also have a, my own website, jamesherson.com. I write for newsmax.com, all those places. Okay, great. Uh, but it's great to be with you, Brother Craig. It's great. And look, we're going to have to do this again, but I've got to move right now. <laughs> God bless you and thank you. All right, hold on to that hatchet. All right. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Hey, uh, we thank you all for staying with us and uh, you all who are going out and supporting this economy, headed home from work. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. And, uh, hey, we have a fantastic guest uh, lined up for you that I've already told you about. Uh, We have none other than Matt Margolis, and uh, he's co-author of the best-selling book, The Worst President in History, The Legacy of Barack Obama. And, uh, hey, we uh, really, really appreciate you joining us, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, it's a, it's really the pleasure and the honor is all ours. I mean, I've been on this from day one. My <laughs> and look for me to to be a guy with brown skin just like Obama, and from the beginning told people, "Hey, do not vote for this guy." Man, I got disowned by everyone, family, friends. <laughs> I mean, we had a, uh, a high school reunion that uh, I mean that the 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 ugliness that I have received. It's and look, we're seeing it now. Kanye West, uh, we've seen it with um, um, 
uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, which was relived when uh, Kavanaugh went through what he went through. And people are trying to say that Trump has a bad attitude. But let's just start off with the attitude of Barack Obama five days before he was inaugurated. Do you recall what he said? Uh, actually, at the moment, I can't. So uh, he, you This is what he that. said. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming. We are five days away from <laughs> fundamentally transforming the United States of America. <laughs> I'm sorry to throw that one on you, Matt. <laughs> I just assumed that everybody had heard that. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely had heard it, but I forgot when he said it. But I can tell you one thing. He definitely succeeded in transforming America, and not for the not for the better. I can tell you that. And anyone yes. who reads my book uh, will know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you so much for writing this book. And, and you know, it, uh, it takes a lot of courage uh, sometimes to say these things. I mean, you just... You get disinvited from everything. You get kicked out of everything. You get talked about. Uh, you know, now me, you can call me anything except late for dinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now let's let's go through uh, number one of the first things I'd like you to discuss. And again, because so much of this is aimed at Trump, you have written in your book about the bully tactics of Barack Obama. We just saw yesterday, Eric. Holder said to kick them, you know, to kick the Republicans. Okay, we've heard uh, Hillary Clinton call us deplorable and not only deplorable, but irredeemable. And we've heard Barack Obama say that we are bitter people that cling to our guns and our God. And so, you know, go share with the audience uh, many of the bully tactics of Barack Obama. Well, you know, I think uh, one thing that's very clear when you look at the way Obama handled the government was that he had a very antagonistic view towards conservatives. He was not the uniter that he claimed he was going to be. I mean, this guy used the power of the federal government to target conservatives. I mean, we we can remember the IRS scandal. Yes. Uh, We can remember Operation Choke Point, where he was targeting uh, uh, gun sellers, uh, the firearms industry. Uh, I mean, all these kinds of things. And then, of course, you know, you know, high profile conservatives found themselves targeted by the by his administration. You know, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, yeah. Put the man you know, in jail for throw the, throw yeah. the man in jail for something that for a crime that most people would just get fined over. Yeah. Now, tell the audience what because a lot of people may not know what Operation Choke Point is, how they use the banking industry to uh, to to pressure people. I mean, well, basically what happened was is uh, the Obama administration uh, decided there were there certain industries they didn't like, and uh, they basically pressured banks and, and you know, money lenders to, uh, you know, they, they couldn't uh, lend money to various businesses or, or even hold accounts for various businesses that they didn't like. And if, and if they did, that they would, uh, you know, they would revoke their, you know, their FDIC, uh, you know, credentials, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and so gun owners were... were disproportionately targeted uh, by Operation Choke Point, uh, where they, were, they weren't able to, to run their businesses anymore because they didn't have access to, to their right. accounts and, and all that. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, the, uh, the, the Trump administration put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. And see, and in, in, in the previous hour, I was just talking about the book of Revelation, God's own holy word, where it's written that unless you receive the mark of the beast in your forehead, and your hand, i.e. thoughts and actions, you would not be able to participate in the economy. 
and people think that it's like a tattoo you're going to get because they saw that in a movie. I don't. I I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, but but that that's like the really real deal on it. Yeah. 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 So now with um, what some other bully tactics that Obama, it, you know, share with the audience some of the personal. Uh, things that he said in speeches that, and, and again, people seem to want to say that somehow because Trump is blunt and he doesn't take this stuff, and it, Trump is a counterpuncher. He never, ever starts any of this stuff. But Barack Obama actually started a lot of this with talked about punching and don't bring a knife to a gunfight, bring a gun. I mean, right. share some of the real ugly things that some of the ugly spirits that this man as president of the United States unleashed over society. Uh, I mean, it, there, there's so many things that he's done that, uh, you, you know, it's kind of, kind of hard to, to like mention them all, but, you know, I, I mean, we can remember uh, like the, the sequester and the, and the shutdown where, you know, I mean, people were basically told by the Obama administration to, to make this as painful as possible. And, and, and who is he punishing by doing that? The yes. American people. Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was probably the most vindictive presidencies in our history. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that there's any way around that assessment. Yeah, my wife and I were in Washington when one of those uh, so-called shutdowns occurred. Now, Social Security checks went out. Workers got paid. It really was no government shutdown. It was a phony shutdown. But one of the things they did, man, right along the Potomac River, there's a, there's a little park. It's not much of a park. You know, pretty little place where you can sit on a bench and watch the water go by. And they they had to pay someone to come there to set barriers up so you couldn't use this little itty-bitty park. And, and and they had a sign made that due to the government shutdown, and they, I think they did the same thing to <laughs> World War II veterans that wanted to come to visit a war memorial. And the right. veterans right. ripped the thing down and went in anyway. Absolutely, and, and, and they should have. I mean, there was no reason for that. I mean, Barack Obama certainly, you know, certainly was no friend of veterans. And uh, or the American people, the way the way he acts. And I mean, I mean, I mean, look at what he did to, uh, you know, religious Americans. I mean, various oh, things that, yes. he, that he did, uh, you know, I mean, Obamacare alone, you know, uh, the, the contraception mandate and, you know, taxpayer funded abortions, all this stuff that, uh, you know, quite frankly, the fact that, you know, his agenda was too important to carve out exceptions for, for you know, for, for religious groups was appalling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's very un-American, and uh, it's, it's sad that it took uh, you know, Donald Trump to, to, to start fixing these problems because uh, it, it, should, it should not have happened. There, there were religious groups that, were, that are trying to do good things you know, around the world that found themselves unable to do what they wanted to do for the better of, of the, the less fortunate. Yeah, the little sisters of the poor. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, talk about a bully. I mean, that's classic. And uh, and listen, folks, if you're just joining us, we have met Margolis and we're discussing his book, The Worst President in History, The Legacy of Barack Obama. Now, Matt, we're right up against a break. Now, would you mind holding on a moment so we can finish this on the other side? Sure thing. Okay, great. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. The Lee brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. I can't see me loving nobody. 
back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. My fantastic guest is Matt Margolis. He's written a great book, The Worst President in History, The Legacy of Barack Obama. And uh, thank you for staying over. And, uh, you know, we were just talking um, uh, prior to the break about, uh, you know, some of the bullying and some of the personal mendacity that uh, President Obama had as far as, you know, telling people to punch their opponents and to get into their faces. Uh, but now what about uh, foreign policy? And, you know, we, we, we have soldiers that, um, you know, put their lives on the line, and then you have this guy sends $1.8 billion to the number one sponsor of terror on the planet. Yeah, I was. That's uh, that's really insulting if you ask me. I mean, someone who, you know, I, I think what separates Obama from from most other presidents is that you weren't really sure whose side he was on. I mean, oh, I'm president. sure, <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't ours. <laughs> We're sure uh, that, that, that's definitely true. But I think a lot of there's too many people in this country that thought that he was acting in America's best interest. I mean, who? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a smooth man, talker. The, I mean, the, Iran, the number one world state sponsor of terrorism, he, he gives them billions of dollars, pays them uh, ransom money uh, that, yeah. that, that, the, that they knew. Yeah. John, yeah. John Kerry, as Secretary of State said, we know they're probably going to use this money to fund terrorism, but, you know, what can you do? And, uh, look, I mean, and Trump gets uh, hostages back and doesn't pay a dime. Obama has to, you know, send all this money. I mean, and then look at that... Um, the, uh, the 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 Muslim soldier that deserted his post and got several of his soldiers killed while they looked for him, and Obama fawned all over this guy. Right, and, and, and then you compare that to what, what uh, Trump has been doing with North Korea, trying to get uh, trying to denuclearize uh, North North Korea. All of a sudden, all these people are saying, "Oh, we can trust Iran. Don't want to trust North Korea." Now, I'm not saying we should trust North Korea, you know, blanketly, but. At the same time, you know, we should we should recognize that Trump is doing something that that yeah. other presidents have a lack of consistency in the critique. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, another big thing uh, with another comparison with Obama and Trump is uh, the Russia connection. Okay, now you have uh, accusation of Russia collusion against Trump, but you have Barack Obama on a, a hot microphone. He thought he was speaking privately to to Medvedev, and you know, share that with the audience. Well, you know, we all we all remember the, the hot mic uh, that happened there, and you know, Obama said that you know he would have more flexibility after his election to basically do whatever uh, was good for Russia, but not for America. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this this goes this kind of attitude goes back from the beginning, where you know it was the policy of the Obama administration to reset relations with 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 Russia. Yeah. And so we, we constantly saw them doing things that, you know, most other people who have a brain would know was not a good idea. Like their uranium one deal should not have happened. Republicans oh. are saying, don't do this. And they did it anyway. And why did they do that? Because uh, of Hillary Clinton uh, getting, a, getting a nice donation to the Clinton Foundation. Uh, 140 you know, million. Exactly. So I hundred and did you hear that audience? One hundred and forty million dollars. So money changes hands, and what one fifth of our uranium capacity changes hands? Twenty percent. Yeah, but but you know Trump is the one that's the puppet. Yeah, so, somehow. I mean, I, I mean, and and look, <laughs> and on. tell the audience Obama's exact words to Medvedev. He said, "Tell Vladimir." 
He didn't yep. just say, I'll have more flexibility. He said, tell Vladimir I can't do anything right now, but that I'll have more flexibility uh, after the uh, after my next election. And, and uh, Medvedev says, I'll transmit that to Vladimir. Yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man, you, you couldn't make this stuff up if we were writing a novel. No, you couldn't. I mean, it's 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 really uh, the unfortunate state of politics now, where people just want to believe wh- whoever is on their team. But we we really need to take an objective look at the facts because the problem with the Obama presidency is that so many people had this emotional investment in him that they wanted him to be successful from the very beginning. That's why he got yes. the Nobel Peace Prize for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think he was president for what a hundred days when he got nominated for the Peace Prize. I think it was even less. <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty ridiculous, and yet, uh, you know, he gets a Nobel Peace Prize for doing nothing, and then uh, the same people scoff at uh, Trump for for people suggesting that you know that he deserves one for what he's doing with North Korea. I mean, let's uh, let's try and uh, bring everyone back to reality here and recognize you know actual efforts to to achieve uh, peace uh, versus you know Obama's giving a good speech, reading off of a teleprompter. Right, right. Now, final question to you. Now, how do we share with people, uh, because under Trump, the economy has taken off, and Obama was saying, well, well, what, he's going to wave a magic wand? These jobs are never going to come back. And and now that the jobs are coming back and the economy is, is, is booming, Obama wants to take credit. So is it possible <laughs> that pocketbook issues could help people to see the truth of this man? You know, I think uh, people uh, will realize that uh, as much as Obama is going to try to take credit for, for the current boom, we saw uh, a tremendous shift that happened after Trump was elected. You know, the economy was hobbling along on, under under Obama. I mean, we had uh, basically uh, stagnant wages, uh, GDP growth was just not going anywhere, and all of a sudden things changed. And it wasn't because Barack Obama suddenly flipped the switch. It was because the, Amer- uh, the American people flipped the switch and said, we want Donald Trump uh, mm-hmm. to, to fix things. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, well, listen, it's been great having you. And, uh, and again, uh, tell the folks how folks can uh, get in touch with you and get your book. Uh, the best way to get my book is to go on Amazon.com and just look for The Worst President in History, The Legacy of Barack Obama, as well as my other book, The Scandalous Presidency of Barack Obama. Okay. Well, look, we really appreciate you writing this book and sharing with our audience. Thank you very much. Okay, God bless. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with your phone calls, 804-454-1366, Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And, uh, hey, just want to thank the uh, Brothers Lee again for the opportunity to sit in. Always an honor, uh, a a privilege, and a pleasure to do so. And uh, I would love to uh, direct you guys to my uh, website, thereallyrealdeal.com, and I would hope that many of you would become listeners to my Saturday program uh, every Saturday morning, 10 to noon, uh, right here on 820 AM, 92.7 FM. 
Uh, we also uh, are on Sunday mornings, 9 to noon. And so check us out. Tell your friends. We're doing a Comcast TV show. This is my final, my eighth year of doing the Comcast TV uh, and my final year of doing it. And I know I said that last year, but this is really my final year. For one thing, this is the last year it's going to be held at the Comcast studio uh, in 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 upcoming years, it's going to be held, uh, the city of Richmond is going to take it over and they're going to produce it, okay? So uh, this is definitely it for me. So you want to check it out. Uh, Tuesday nights, uh, Channel 95 if you have Comcast, Channel 36 if you have Verizon, and that's from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. And um, again, uh, check us out at our website, the really real deal.com. We're going to take our bottom of the hour news break, and hopefully, when we come back, we will have some phone calls from you to discuss what is on your mind. The number here 804 454 1366. 804 454 1366. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. The final 30 minutes of today's program. We'd love to hear from you guys. You know we have an election coming up in just a few weeks. And, um, hey, a lot of really, really hot races. And, uh, you know, I'm one of these guys that has been seeing uh, back uh, several weeks ago when, uh, you know, your typical uh, news analysts were were saying that well you know every uh, first uh, every first quarter of a uh, president's term when he has Congress uh, and the presidency uh, the the Congress always loses seats and so they just assume that even though never mind now we have a very very untraditional president in President Trump but they still were were reasoning that with this un conventional president the results were going to be conventional okay i mean go i mean go figure i, I mean I, and i've been asking for years do i have to write everything in crayon for these people okay so the hatchet man wrote it in crayon and now all of a sudden you're starting to see news reports that are, are saying well maybe it might not be a blue wave it may it might just be a red wave okay yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a red wave, okay? There's just no way, okay? You just heard the guests talk about the uh, horrible presidency of Barack Obama. And, you know, in, in, in my questioning of him, I wanted to make it a comparison between Obama and Trump because this is what is at stake. It is a comparison, not really just between Obama and Trump, but in a sense because Trump represents the very best of what is possible on our side for the simple fact that he believes in our side enough to fight for our side. Not to say that, you know, there's ever, ever going to be a perfect president, okay, because there are no perfect people. But when you talk about belief and you talk about fighting and you're talking about accomplishment, okay, yeah, I'll take Donald Trump any day of the week, okay? And you look at 
Obama. Obama represents the worst in the sense of now from the Democrat point of view, he represents the best because he had the very best effort at tearing America down and remaking America, which in his own words was his goal. Okay, in his own words, five days prior to taking the presidency, five days prior to his inauguration, he famously stated, we're five days away, okay, not five days away from improving America, not five days away from helping America recover, not five days away from making America a better place. You know, not five days away from, you know, I know, you know, I love my country and I know my country is great, but I want to make it even greater. No, none of that. Five days away from fundamentally transforming. You know, think about your your spouse, you know, and it's five days away from the wedding and you hear your fiance tell her girlfriend, child, I just can't wait because I'm five days away from fundamentally transforming Roscoe. You know, his feet stink, he snores, he's lazy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, child, I'm going to fundamentally transform that man. Okay. <laughs> oh, Maximus, Maximus is getting in on the action here. Maximus heard his feet stinks. <laughs> but, um, but, folks, that's... You know, fundamental transformation is not the type of uh, language you use uh, in regard to someone that you love. It just isn't. Okay, and so this is what is at stake. It's not personalities. Okay, it's not. Oh, I think this one is handsome, or I think this one is charming, or that one is funny. Oh, wouldn't it be great to invite this one over for a beer and a barbecue sandwich? Okay, that's you know. Now, of course, the Democrats always want to make it about personality. Okay. Oh, isn't Tim Kaine a nice guy? Isn't that Corey Stewart? Isn't Corey Stewart mean? Corey Stewart is just like Trump. Corey Stewart is fighting for something. Okay. The man is not mean. He's fighting for something. Corey Stewart believes in something. Okay. And you go down the the list of um, people that are are running as Republicans as Christians, as defenders of our Christian faith, as defenders of really, literally, these these people, all of them, okay? Corey Stewart, Dave Bratt, Ryan McAdams, you know, you, you just, you go down the list, okay? You just, you just go down the list, okay? And I'm telling you folks, I would put Corey Stewart right there at the top as a fighter. And, uh, you know, a matter of fact, I'm hoping, uh, you know, we've reached out to Corey. I hope Corey Stewart can call in. And, um, and, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that Corey Stewart can call in and share because Corey is a fighter and Corey is someone that I've been interviewing for years on the radio, okay? And I and look, and when Corey Stewart says he was Trump before Trump was Trump, trust me folks, it's the truth. Because I've been interviewing Corey Stewart that many years, way back when he had a um a uh, an immigrant uh an, an anti-illegal immigrant program where not and it was not targeting 
uh, anyone that looked Hispanic. It was targeting every anyone that got pulled over by the police. You could have you could be a nun with your habit on, and if you got pulled over by the police, your citizenship status was looked into. It was across the board and 100 percent. OK. And so and of course, the Democrats, they're going to say, oh, well, he's mean. The man's not mean. The man loves his country. OK. Donald Trump is not mean. Donald Trump loves his country. Dave Brett is not mean. You know, this woman Spanberger. Oh, well, Dave Brett, he's mean. He wants to take away your Medicare. He wants to take away your your uh, your retirement. No. No, lies, 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 okay? And this is all that the Democrat Party has. And so this is the choice we have. The choice is between people that love America, that love the founding of America, that love the idea that America is a place, according to the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence, where freedom and rights were granted to us as a gift from God Almighty versus a party that just like the communists, just like the socialists, just like the fascists, just like the atheists, their idea is that your rights and my rights are whatever the people in power say they are. And you, the citizen, you, the voter, you get to decide on November 6th. And I understand we have my good friend Corey Stewart on right now. Are you there, Corey? Hey, Craig, I'm on the show. Hey, it's so good to have you on, brother. And uh, listen, Ted, we, we've had so much going on here with, with Kavanaugh, with, um, you know, the hatred against uh, guys like Kanye West, who for years and years the Democrats thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread back when he was hating on, when he was hating on George Bush. Now that he's loving on Donald Trump, they turn. These people, they have no core values. Everything is expediency and hatred. And so, you know, what's your take on what's happening and what these events reveal about the true nature of the Democrat Party? You know, the true nature of the Democratic Party is arrogance. They think they own the black vote. They think they own the Hispanic vote. They think they own the minority vote. And when minorities refuse to comply with this expectation that the Democrats have, that they're just going to blindly follow them and blindly vote for them, then they get angry, and then they start insulting them. That's what they, they, they're doing to Kanye West. That's what they do to any minority who votes Republican or who doesn't support the Democrats. They call him, you know, an Uncle Tom. They call him a traitor. And uh, now the true stripes of the Democratic Party are coming through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now would you say it's a similar story of how they treated Kavanaugh and how they use women and any woman that says, well, you know, a woman could read the Bible and see Potiphar's wife falsely accused Joseph, okay? And, but they, they called the woman. She's a, she hates women and she's a traitor. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is part and parcel for the Democratic Party. But you know what? People are waking up. People are waking up. I mean, we saw the Democratic Party, what, it, what it's become, this far left-wing lunatic group of progressives that, you know, accused a man like Brett Kavanaugh of doing something without any corroboration, without any evidence, of doing something when he was in high school, and, and then afterward getting so upset that they're you know, clawing at the door 
of the Supreme Court. It's the party of nutcases. And unfortunately, <laughs> the nutcases are, have, are driving the Democratic Party and Tim Kaine and all those other Democratic elected officials. They're afraid of these guys, and they're doing everything that these wacko progressive leftists, Marx, neo-Marxists, uh, everything that they want. And that's why we've got to, for the good of, the, of, of, of America, we've got to shut down the Democratic Party on November 6th and make them wake up and realize that they've gone way too far to the left. Yeah, yeah. Now, we have to take a quick break, Corey. Could you hold on and, 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 and finish up on the other side? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Well, all right, Richmond, we're going to take a quick break. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee, and I have my good friend Corey Stewart on. We will be right back. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Now, now is the time. Now is the best time. Now is the Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee. I have my good friend Corey Stewart running for the United States Senate against Tim Kaine and, um, you know, the vice president to the wicked witch of the United States, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, a woman that says, uh, you know, you know, they often call us, Corey, the mean people. And here you have Eric Holder that says kick them. You had Barack Obama years ago was saying, remember, he was saying, get in their faces. And he said, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Bring a gun. I mean, the guy literally said that. OK. And police officers were being assassinated all around the country and just uh, horrific things. And of course, now that we have Trump, police assassinations have dropped uh, dramatically. But Hillary, just a couple of days ago, uh, she said we'll be civil again when we take power back. But right now, we can't be civil to these people. And Scalise uh, almost got killed. A guy with a, a name list of Republicans in his pocket showed up with a gun and a lot of bullets to murder Republicans. OK. And so. What's going on, uh, Corey, and what's your message uh, to, to people, to, uh, to th those on the outside, to, to hold the line and to not respond in kind uh, with this? Because obviously the Democrats are not going to hold the line. You know, you know the Democrats, they, you know, they've gotten so crazy, and they're so far left. And not that I care about the Democratic Party, but honestly, for its own good, it would be a great thing. If it absolutely got trounced on November 6th, yes. If there, are, if, if there are any Democrats listening to this, if you're unhappy with the direction of the Democratic Party, then come out and vote against it, because that's the only thing that is going to cause Democrats to wake up and realize that they've gone too far to the left. And actually, Craig, when you think about it, this is what happens uh, every Every generation or so, the Democrats, they go so far to the left. Mm -hmm. It happened before. Yeah. And then voters say, look, we, you know, we're just not there. And so they lose all those votes. And then they have to go into, you know, uh, they've got to go into rebuilding. They've got to start thinking again about what they, what they should be standing for. But right yeah. now they're standing for the extreme left. And, 
And, uh, the, the, but that's you know, the, the leadership. Women. That's the leadership, that's Corey. Right. What I'm understanding is that the rank and file Democrats, the guy with calluses on his hands and work boots on his feet, or the lady who has tennis shoes on and she's working double shifts as a nurse, you know, these Democrats, they, they don't get a million-dollar grant and they don't get welfare. They are honest, hardworking people. I'm understanding and I'm wondering uh, what your feedback, if you're hearing the same thing, that a lot of these people are saying exactly what you just said, that they are fed up with the Democrat Party and that they're looking at the Republicans. I think that's definitely happening. I'm getting that feeling out there everywhere. Uh, I got that you know, last night. I was at uh, the Alfred Street Baptist Church. It's an African-American church. Uh, in Alexandria, it's, you know, it's helped by their social justice committee. They never thought I would show up, but I'm glad I did because what I saw there was that, you know, you have a lot of African, uh, average African Americans mm-hmm. who once upon a time, uh, not that long ago, were diehard supporters of the Democratic Party, but they're looking at this right now and they're looking at the Democratic Party and they're walking away. They want nothing yeah. to do with this extreme left wing, violent mob. Uh, antics and especially what about the grandchildren of these democrats what the democrat party is doing to their grandchildren a lot of these people don't recognize their own grandchildren they have purple hair their grandson has on a dress and the school teachers are telling them that's okay you know i think i think there's a lot of young people who are waking up to and say they don't want anything to do with this garbage anymore Uh, i really feel that way you know speaking at high school around virginia uh, I was down in, in, uh, in the Richmond area um, in Chesterfield High School, and, and you know there are a lot of conservative students in there, students in their in their in their teens, and and I was at a high school just last week in in Fairfax County, in Fairfax County. I mean, blue Fairfax County in a high school, and you would think it would be solid blue. Mm-hmm. But when I got up there and said I'm going to stand up for President Trump, I'm going to implement his policies, we're going to get rid of MS13, we're going to stand up for immigration laws. And rebuild a country. I got a really loud round of applause, which took the Democrats uh, by shock. Who were yeah. up there? Now tell and the audience, been- Corey, when you say now all politicians say we're going to get rid of MS-13, but tell the audience what happened in your county and what happened in Maryland when when the, when the criminal element left your county because you got tough. What happened to Maryland where they went? Well, that's exactly right. When we cracked down on illegal immigration, MS-13 and all the other criminal illegal aliens left Prince William County. And where did they go? A lot of them went up to Fairfax, but a lot of them went up to Maryland. Our crime rate in Prince William went way down. It would cut in half by 50%. And all those criminal illegal aliens went up to Fairfax. Their crime rate went up. Uh, the crime rate went up in Maryland. And, uh, mm-hmm. look, people know this, and regardless, you can be a Republican or a Democrat, but nobody wants crime in their communities, and they right. certainly don't want crime by a criminal, illegal, alien gang like MS-13, which is incredibly brutal and cruel yes. to young people, and, uh, and everybody wants to get rid of it, despite uh, regardless of regardless their of party, but listen, yeah. it's been great having you, Corey. I'm up against a break. Tell the folks real quick to, and I'm going to encourage you. So Corey may not want to ask you to do this, but I'm going to ask you as a personal favor to the Hatchet Man. 
purchase a yard sign. The man needs money to win this race. Tell folks how they can purchase a yard sign. Well, so go to CoreyStewart.com and go to the, uh, the campaign store. Just come on over, folks. We need your help. Go to CoreyStewart.com. Sign up as a volunteer. Give us some you know, cash to get over this thing. We're going to be spending a lot of money on radio and TV ads, and it doesn't take as much money as you think. Okay. We need your help. CoreyStewart.com. Thank you, Corey. God bless. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break now. We'll be right back. Well, it's been a fantastic program, folks, and it's great always to sit in for Scott and Richard Lee. I am, of course, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. You can hear me tomorrow morning. 10 to noon right here. And in the meantime, check out our website, thereallyrealdeal.com. Thereallyrealdeal.com. You all be blessed. Drive safe. Upcoming. That's something. I mean, that is something. Crazy. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. <laughs>